to everybody. It's the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalter. Alongside me is uh, my guy, John Paulson. And uh, John, I know we got a lot to get to today. And fair warning, we are recording this on Friday morning. Right before, I mean, literally seconds before we we hit record, John, there was some some new COVID-related news that we'll get to at the start. Uh, But if if for whatever reason more news comes out later on Friday, uh, later on Saturday, make sure that you're following 444.com's Discord or checking out John on Twitter. Uh, at 444 underscore John to get any latest thoughts on COVID-related issues. We're, we're going to do the best we can, John. Uh, but first and foremost, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing today? Good, good. So I, I, I was going to ask you, you know, how's, how's the week been? Um, but I'm assuming that it's been pretty hectic trying to keep pace with, with all the news and, and uh, COVID-related issues. But tell us about the music and then we'll kind of dive into the pod. Yeah, this is a single released uh, this year by Hamish Anderson called Morning Light. I'll add it to the Most Accurate Podcast playlist, which uh, you can find a link for in the show notes. All right. I got to ask you, because last last week you had mentioned, or two weeks ago, you had mentioned the Boston Bar Flies a lot. That's your that's your per, one of your fantasy football teams. How'd they do in Week 16? Yeah, this is our uh, team in the inaugural Hall of Fantasy League. Uh, we were compensated for our participation in the league uh, to run the teams and 10-team league, and we made the final. So everybody, oh, who, everybody who had an opportunity to stake us at the start of the year, not every we didn't sell out of our stake like some of the teams did. Um, but I wasn't running around on Twitter begging people to stake us because I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure how we were going to do. I thought we had a really good draft, and uh, we did. We did get some some people staking us, and everybody who did uh, has at least doubled their money uh, by us making the final. And if we are able to uh, win uh, against the Atlanta Hot Wings, then they will <laughs> win six times their stake, which is pretty cool. So that's a nice feeling to because Jennifer Akins and I had co-managed this team uh, all year. We've been talking about the team a lot uh, in Slack and d- deciding what to do with waivers and everything. And uh, it was a nice feeling uh, on Monday night when Jalen Waddle outscored uh, Alvin Kamara. We were basically tied coming into the game. And, uh, you know, it, the sleeper app was telling us we had a 17% chance to win. But as you know, the game went on. The Miami uh, Dolphins kind of shut down limited Kamara, and uh, Waddle had a big game. I went over 100 yards, had the touchdown, and we ended up advancing to the final. So, um, it was exciting, and I'm looking forward to uh, week 17 here and see if we can uh, put an L on the on the hot wings and uh, uh, get our stakeholders a little bit more cash. Nice, no doubt. Well, congratulations to you and anybody that uh, that that staked staked some claim and some some bar some uh, Boston bar flies. I like. It. I love all the names too. That's fun. <laughs> Uh, what's not fun, John, is COVID-related news uh, in, impacting the fantasy football world. And we got playoffs, or in your case, you're talking about a championship, and you kind of got to sift through the news. Why don't we start off with the breaking news as of Friday morning? So I mentioned that there was some news immediately before we um, you know, hit record here on the podcast, and that's that quarterback Kirk Cousins of the Vikings was sent to the COVID list 
it's a it's a tricky situation as it is with with Kirk Cousins going to COVID, and if you want to talk about Adam Thielen also being placed on IR in this spot, John, you know, please do. But the the tricky part is that Sean Mannion, who's the backup to Kirk Cousins, he was already on the COVID list. So you're you're looking at a situation where Cousins on the list, Mannion's on the list, but Mannion could start on Sunday night against the Packers. If not, it's going to be rookie Kellen Mond making his first ever. NFL start. So how does this impact guys like KJ Osborne and the and the rest of the Vikings skill positions? Yeah, I'm just uh looking up some of the stats here for Mannion. He's a six six quarterback. Uh he's been in the league since twenty fifteen. Um his career numbers are not uh very extensive, I would guess what would be the word. He's completed 45 uh, of 74 passes, 60.8% completion for 384 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions, 5.2 yards per attempt. Uh, so that's not great. Uh, his He doesn't run the ball either, it appears. Negative uh, 17 rushing yards in his career. So... He does have experience over Kellen Mond. Uh, if he's able to get cleared, he is vaccinated. Uh, he was put on the COVID list last Sunday. So I don't know if that means this Sunday or last Sunday. When people say last Sunday, it says December 26th. So that was this previous Sunday. Um, so he has a chance with the new COVID rules to get cleared. Uh, otherwise, you're going to look at you know, Kellen Mond uh, making his debut in single-digit weather at Lambeau. Would be a good place to tee up the uh, Packer defense. Um, and as far as Justin Jefferson goes, I'm going to have to run the stats with the new line and total once they hit and uh, get back to you on that. Uh, once the podcast is done, I'll be a busy little bee trying to upload or update <laughs> the uh, projections for this. Um, and then. So this we were going to talk about KJ Osborne as a sneaky start because Adam Thielen has been placed on injured reserve, um, but I don't think he's very startable at this point with uh, with this quarterback situation for the Vikings. All right, the other breaking news that hit right before we recorded was Antonio Gibson, Washington running back. He's sent to the reserve COVID list. I, I always feel, find it weird to say who benefits here, but you understand what I'm saying, John. So when it when it comes to Washington's backfield situation, who benefits with Antonio Gibson out? Yeah, and I think fantasy managers want us to be trying to you know figure out who's capitalizing and and who who does benefit from these situations. I mean, it sucks that these guys are being put on the list this late in the season or at any point. Um, uh, it's it's too bad, but. It is what it is this year, and uh, I think you're looking at Jarrett Patterson, <coughs> excuse me, as the primary back. Uh, Jonathan Williams will be in the mix as well. J.D. McKissick has, I don't believe, returned to practice. He's still dealing with concussion system uh, symptoms or or something there, so he's he's not been uh, back at practice. So you're probably looking at Patterson and Jonathan Williams as a sort of a duo. Uh, last week. Gibson saw six carries, Patterson saw nine, and Williams saw three. So you'll probably see a, a three to one, uh, three to two type ratio of, of uh, carries between Patterson and Williams. It's not a great matchup against the Eagles. The Eagles are probably going to dominate this game. Uh, it does seem like they like to use Williams more as a receiver. Patterson did not have a catch or a target last week, uh, whereas Williams did have two. 
All right, Lamar Jackson, let's move on to him now. He was limited on Wednesday. He was a DNP on Thursday because uh, he was the, the ankle was uh, bothering him. He was limping a lot, so he did not practice on Thursday. Tyler Huntley was activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. Is he going to draw another start for the Ravens? And what, what do you think about not only him, but some of the Baltimore wide receivers and backs? Yeah, I think this is a good uh, situation for Huntley as a streamer. Uh, he, he should be back and do all right uh, against the Rams. He was pretty good in his uh, couple of starts that he got. Uh, he had a big fantasy game against my Packers. Uh, can run the ball. He runs his balls almost as much as Lamar Jackson does. And I, I would assume that Jackson is not going to start after coming out on Wednesday limping around on that brown grass they have there in Baltimore practice field. And... Uh, you know, he just didn't look right, but he might be back and trying it again today after having yesterday off. So it's just something to monitor. But right now I have Tyler Huntley in the uh, rankings and he's a low end QB one, high end QB two type uh, this week. With Miles Sanders out, how does this impact the Philadelphia backfield? Uh, Miles Sanders will not play. And it look, it appears that uh, Jordan Howard, he was uh, DNP on Wednesday and then returned to practice yesterday. He's, uh, dealing with a stinger, uh, but it doesn't appear to be related to his neck injury that he had earlier in his career. So uh, at this point, I have him back in the rankings. If he were out, then you'd look at uh, Boston Scott as like a low-end RB2 with Kenneth Gainwell rotating in. Uh, but as it stands, if, if Howard plays, then I would probably, you know, Howard's been ahead of Scott here for the last few weeks in terms of playing time and touches and stuff. So I would put uh, Howard ahead of Scott and make Scott a lot less uh, sneaky as a sneaky start. James Conner, DNP on Wednesday and Thursday. He's dealing with a heel injury. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Chase Edmonds now that he's finally back? Well, put it this way, Chase Edmonds was my number two fantasy back uh, yesterday before I put in uh, James Conner into the rankings. So high. <laughs> the early, yeah, so he's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I had him at... Uh, Eight last week after Connor was ruled out. It's a productive running game, and uh, when one of the two are out, they usually give almost all the work to the other player, so it's not like a third guy comes in and gets a lot of work. Uh, but yeah, Chase Edmonds will be a top five, top ten play for sure if if uh, Connor is out. And the indications on Connor yesterday were that he was back at practice, but then when the official practice report came out he was a dnp on thursday for the heel as well as wednesday so it doesn't appear that he is on track to play i'm waiting to see what he does today before i take him back out of the rankings but if he if he's out you are going to want to start Edmonds. and i think even if connor plays at this point if he gets in like a limited and he's questionable and ends up playing i, I think Edmonds is going to lead this backfield based on the health of both players Ramondre Stevenson, he's back at practice for the Patriots. What's the impact here on, on Damian Harris? Who scored? He, I mean, Damian Harris is coming off the three-touchdown game last week, so uh, I think a lot of fantasy fantasy managers are looking at the situation like, well, I got Damian Harris, I, uh, I'd like to roll him again. But with Stevenson back at practice, how does, how does this impact Harris? Yeah, the, the Patriots could go one of two ways with this. They could return Stevenson to his role, and he was basically – I would not say splitting time with Harris 50-50, but it was getting pretty close to that sort of a breakdown. Uh, if Stevenson was running hotter, then they would uh, give him extra touches. Uh, obviously, for Harris, if you have him, you're, you're hoping that Stevenson's out, but it looks like he's going to play, so you're, 
you know, now you're hoping that if you do start him, that he's the lead back. And that's sort of been what the situation has been when, when Harris has Harris and Stevenson have been active, then Harris is typically a somewhere ranked as an RB two. And then uh, Stevenson is more of an RB three. Uh, and they also have Brandon Bolden there picking up some pass snaps. So they really, if, if Stevenson looks good in his full practice, this week then you could get into back into a committee with these three and Harris is a little bit of a risky start but uh, he's been running well and uh, he's been limited with the hamstring injury still but it appears that he's okay. Elijah Mitchell Mitchell dealing with the knee injuries back at practice though on Wednesday limited both Wednesday and Thursday do you anticipate that he's going to face the Texans? Yeah I know this is of great interest to a lot of 444 subscribers who have Mitchell because I pitched him hard you know to pick him up and spend a lot of fab on him uh, early in the season and uh this is the closest he's been to his return from the knee injury. He also had the concussion a few weeks ago, but he's over that. So he did uh, practice Wednesday and Thursday, so I'm, I'm in a limited fashion. It would be nice to see him get in a full practice on Friday. It, I saw some video of one carry of him in practice on Wednesday, and he did look a little tentative, like he was just you know checking out the knee and seeing if he could get going on it. I don't think that they'll run him out there if he's not – close to 100%, but if they do, uh, you know, every time he's been active, he's been the lead back there, and I don't think that uh, Jeff Wilson has done any. He had a good game a couple weeks ago, not so great last week in terms of efficiency. I think, uh, you know, he'll be the backup and Mitchell will be the starter if, if Mitchell is able to play, and unless we hear some other information out of the 49ers, like they're going to split this, you know, for the first time <laughs> all year, then uh, you can probably – downgrade Mitchell at that point, but I think Mitchell will be an RB2 if he's uh, active this week. All right, kind of a good news, uh, bad news situation here with A.J. Brown. DNP on Thursday, but that reportedly was more precautionary than anything, and he's on track to play this week. Obviously, if he's healthy, John, you have him in your in your lineup. Do, do you feel as though that he will suit up for the Titans this weekend? I do. When they you know, came out and said more precautionary than any, anything, and, and Brown has been one where if you pay close attention to the injury reports on a weekly basis, he will often get time off, and they have been giving him time off on Thursday in this season, previous seasons, uh, back at practice on Friday and ready to go for Sunday. So I think, I think he'll be okay to go this Sunday. Getting into some of the wide receivers, Antonio Brown, DNP, or continuing with the wide receivers, Antonio Brown, DNP on Thursday, dealing with an ankle injury after giving, getting a limited session on Wednesday. Of course, he returned to action last week and uh, and really had a, a big game for fantasy managers. What's your thoughts on Antonio Brown playing? Yeah, this is a normally a concern is that, uh, you know, the guy's uh, practices on uh, Wednesday and then comes back and doesn't practice on Thursday. That can be a little alarming, but you know Antonio Brown, given the state of this receiving core, um, should be out there. But initially, it looks like uh, some as of 17 minutes ago, Antonio Brown was not at practice on Friday. So we're, we're going to have to see uh, what that means for Sunday. He did play play well in his first game back. Um, and they may just be protecting him, knowing that he can go out there and play on Sunday without practice on Thursday and Friday. But uh, that's a wait-and-see situation with Antonio Brown. Marquise Brown now. He's dealing with an illness. DNP on Thursday. Is this something to monitor? Yeah, and especially, you know, illness listed next to a guy's name uh, in this day and age of this season with COVID running uh, rampant. Uh, you have to pay special attention uh, to that. All we have is information so far on Thursday. We'll see if he's back on Friday. Uh, what they list him as questionable or if there's any other update in terms of his status. But 
Um, he's not a bad start with Huntley at quarterback. Uh, Huntley targeted him on a lot of short stuff against the Packers, and he, I think he ended up with 10 catches or something like that. But um, if he's able to go on Sunday, he's, he's not a bad start. He's our wide receiver two, wide receiver three type. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see with this uh, update for this illness that he's got. Mike Williams and Jalen Guyton activated from the Zerv COVID-19 list. What are your thoughts on these two Chargers wide receivers? Yeah, more weapons for Justin Herbert. Uh, it is a downgrade for uh, for Josh Palmer, who has been playing well with these two out. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, it's, it's a tough matchup against the Broncos. They're just kind of stingy. They play slow offensively, and... Um, it's just they tend to be in low-scoring games, so we're going to have to wait and see how the Chargers deal with that. But guys coming off of the COVID list have had kind of mixed results. Uh, Tyler Lockett said he lost eight, eight pounds, uh, was tired uh, in his game first game back. Um, but then there's Jalen Waddell, who came back from COVID and tore it up against the Saints. So it's, it's sort of a mixed bag with how the virus affects you know different receivers and what sort of symptoms they have and you know how much does it knock them down. Uh, the week that they're out or the few days that they're out and it sort of depends on their symptoms and we don't always have information as to how symptomatic they are and how much the, the virus is hitting them so uh you just kind of have to proceed with caution with guys like mike williams jalen guyton anybody coming off the code list because you just don't know how they're gonna uh, react to it emmanuel sanders dnp on thursday cole beasley and gabriel davis back at practice with isaiah mckenzie when it uh, went off last last week uh, after isaiah mckenzie went off last week so, John, when, who do you think who's on the field for Buffalo? I mean, great matchup against Atlanta. Who do you think are the, the, the key guys here that benefit facing a bad Falcons defense? Yeah, the situation with Sanders, is, and I think everybody's in sort of in the same boat because we all – I mean, we had Gabriel Davis on the Boston Barflies uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we ended up cutting him because we, we were under the assumption that he wasn't going to be able to return to play based on the rules at that time. Because he was unvaccinated, he had to sit out a mandatory 10 days. And then in the interim, they changed the rules so that he and Cole Beasley could return to, to practice if they're asymptomatic or whatever the rules were. So um, they're able to play this week and uh, not always able to pick them back up. Uh, so Sanders being a DNP really boosts uh, Davis's upside in this game. If he if if he's out, I mean, Sanders is currently listed as questionable, uh, according to officially uh, as of 30 minutes ago for by the Buffalo Bills, he's questionable for uh, Sunday. Uh, so you wonder with this team and this depth against the Falcons, do they run him out there at all? Do they play him at all against the Falcons when they can probably beat Atlanta without, I mean, no offense to your team, but they could probably <laughs> no beat Atlanta at home. <laughs> they could probably be Atlanta at home without Emmanuel Sanders. So if he does sit, then that really is a boost to both Beasley and Gabriel Davis. And I think it even makes uh, Isaiah McKenzie a little bit more uh, startable. Although, you know, McKenzie went nuts last week, uh, but that was, he's, he seems to be the primary direct backup to Cole Beasley. And if Beasley is active, he tends to play ahead of, of uh, McKenzie. Yeah, you're not. Unfortunately, John, you're not, you're not telling me anything new with the Falcons being bad. Um, <laughs> somehow they, they remain in a, uh, playoff situation. So I guess that's that's the only thing I can hope for with the Falcons. Of course, it's a horrible schedule. All right, continuing. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, he's got a concussion. Full practice on Thursday. Is he a safe start? Yeah, I think so. This is going to be uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last game, it sounds like, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, Freermuth is not a huge yardage or catch guy, but he does catch a lot of touchdowns uh, relative to his position. So I think if he's back, he should be good to go. He, this was his second concussion, I think, in the season. So a little scary for him. Uh, uh, rookie getting concussed twice this year, but it appears that he's back to play. Uh, and, uh, you know, low end, tight end one, high end, tight end two, like he's been for the, most of the season. All right, before we get into some sneaky starts, do you want to discuss some of the bad weather around the league this week? Because that, that's certainly something that we don't we don't tackle week to week, but with it being late in the year, it's December, you know, you got uh, snow impacting some areas, some, some wind, you know, wind can be a detriment. We saw that with the Bills and the Patriots a couple of weeks back on that Monday Night Football game when the Patriots only threw the ball three times. What do you, what do you want to hit on when it comes to bad weather this weekend and what fantasy managers should be aware of? Yeah, so when there's a weather in any given week, um, I'm typically chatting quite a bit with our weather expert, Chris, Chris Allen, who is one of the hosts of the uh, Monday edition of the Most Accurate Podcast. And you can find him on Twitter at Chris Allen, uh, C-H-R-I-S-A-L-L-E-N, and then F-F-W-X at the end, F-F-W-X. So uh, he hit me up and, you know, we were talking about the, the game uh, is a really low temperature game with the Packers. Uh, you know, it's going to be like a single digit type game. Uh, fairly low wind in that game, but it's going to be very, very cold. Uh, and then you're also looking at multiple, and this has been a, just a side note here, this has been a very quiet year when it comes to inclement weather and fantasy football uh, and stuff that I have to deal with on a, on a weekly basis when weather hits. So we're all, we're getting it all at once here in championship week, which you know, isn't great, but that's the way it goes. So, um, just just to know, you know, for for subscribers, listeners, that we we are on it when it comes to the weather. Uh, Seahawks, uh, Lions, and Seahawks. We're looking at 16 mile per hour uh, wind with 83 percent chance of uh, precipitation. Uh, the Bills game we were just talking about with the Falcons, 43 percent chance of precipitation, 14 degree weather, 16 mile per hour. Uh, uh, wind that's a 14 degree uh, feel like feels like 14 degrees giants bears eight uh, percent chance of, of precipitation 19 mile per hour winds uh, dolphins and titans 43 percent precipitation uh, 18 mile per hour wind uh, Bengals and chiefs 14 percent chance of precipitation 18 mile per hour wind uh, the jets and the bucks 26 percent and uh, 17 mile per hour wind and then uh, there's a couple of 15 mile per hour wind expected uh, the Ravens uh, and the Rams and then the Eagles and uh, the Washington football team. Uh, and then uh, that's about it. I mean, the Steeler game is going to have some temperature, but that's low temperature, but that's, that's okay. Um, so it's just something to monitor because the water, uh, the weather changes, weather forecast changes as you get closer to game day. So we, I usually start looking at this stuff on Saturday and then check again on Sunday morning to see uh, what's going on. And, you know, the, the gambling lines have done a good job in recent years of moving uh, in the direction, <clears throat> excuse me, in the correct direction. And that helps me rerun the projections and, you know, to kind of start to downgrade some of these players if it looks like uh, the wind's going to be really bad or the rain's going to be really heavy or the snow or whatever's happening. So those are the games. And I, I reckon that anybody listening right now is going to have a few players in some of those games because I listed off about eight of them. Um, so just something to monitor and it's not, I don't really go crazy with the wind, uh, downgrading, uh, passing games. 
until it gets to about 20 mile per hour wind. But you know, the 19, 18, 17 with gusts that, uh, that, that does worry me a little bit. Uh, and then Chris does a really good job of, you know, looking at the direction of the wind and how it's going to hit the stadium, the height of the stadium to, to really know how it's bad it is on the field. Uh, so, you know, pay attention to his article, which is coming out today. Uh, the weather report article that he does on 444. It's a great resource uh, to sort of see how concerned he is about these different games. I think you missed your calling as a weatherman, John. I like that. You got the you're you're breaking down the precipitation and where the wind direction is. So good stuff. Uh, and they, like John said, I mean, if you go to four four dot com, we we certainly give you the tools. Uh, you know, before the game, of course, nobody can can predict it. Uh, oh, you know what's going to happen from now until kickoff. But we certainly give you the tools to help you win, uh, including the, the some of the some of the weather reports and things like that that you got to pay attention to. All right, sneaky starts time. Sneaky starts for week seventeen. There's a couple of quarterbacks that you wanted to highlight on the podcast. One being Trey Lance. Jimmy G is dealing with the finger injury. Looks like it's going to be Trey Lance. And then you also like uh, another at least list another rookie in David Mills. Yeah, same game uh, as well. But Trey Lance. Uh, looks like he's going to start with Jimmy G, uh, has like a torn ligament in his throwing hand. So it's not looking good for him. I think he did come out and try to practice and it didn't go great. So it appears that Lance will get the start. Uh, he had, you know, half a play back in week four, he had 157 yards, two touchdowns. He ran for 41 yards in, in that half of play, which is very encouraging numbers, right? Cause you're looking at quite a few fantasy points just for a half of play and then followed that up with a kind of a bad day against Arizona the next week. He had 192 yards throwing with a uh, interception and, but he had 89 yard rushing yards, which shows that uh, Konami code uh, rushing floor that we're looking for. Um, the Texans actually haven't been bad defensively. They've uh, been pretty good the last few weeks. Uh, but anytime you have a, a running quarterback like this uh, in a, in a good offense with a good, Offensive mind there, and Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's a, he's going to be a pretty good start against uh, streaming option against the Texans. And then as far as Mills go, you know, he's been pretty good lately. 18.1, 14.6, 18.0 in his last three starts. He had five touchdowns and just one interception. And the 49ers, you know, 21st adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, haven't been that great against the, the quarterback position. He doesn't run the ball a lot, but he's getting Brandon Cooks back and uh, should be okay as a, as a streaming option this week. All right, a couple of running backs that you list: Daryl Williams, and then uh, I always I always screw this young young guy's uh, name. It's Dare Ogunbowale. <laughs> that might be it. I was going to say uh, Ogunbowale, uh, but uh, yeah, the, the amount of time it takes us to pronounce his name is really it's just a reflection more on us than anything that <laughs> anything that's wrong with his name. Uh, but uh, Daryl Williams, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has a shoulder injury. He's very likely sidelined this week. I don't know if he's been ruled out, but I'm assuming he's out. Uh, in the five games that he has missed, Edwards Hilaire, uh, Williams has averaged 18.6 touches for 94 yards and uh, 0.6 touchdowns per game. They do, uh, they being the Chiefs, do seem to have more uh, trust in Derek Gore as the backup there, the third running back. So it might be a little bit more of a committee that we've, than we've seen, you know, maybe Williams doesn't get to 18 touches uh, this week. Maybe it's like 15 to 17 and then they got Gore a little bit more involved, but I think Williams is a good start as a, like an RB two plug and play. Cause he's been pretty productive uh, whenever Edward Slayer has been out and that Cincinnati game should be fairly high scoring. 
Uh, and then, uh, as far I'll just call him Dari. How about that? Well, he took <laughs> over for the uh, injured James Robinson last week, and uh, he had a torn Achilles, uh, Robinson, so it's bad news for him. But uh, uh, Dari figures to see the line share of the team's backfield touches against the Patriots. Um, but he had 80 total, total yards and a touchdown last uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry, that, that, that was his uh, range. He could get 80 total yards and a touchdown this week. He's not going to um, – get you 200, you know, 150 yards or and three touchdowns or something like that, but he should see a floor of about 15 uh, touches as the primary back in that backfield. All right, moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, Braxton Berrios of the Jets and Kendrick Bourne as well. Uh, the Patriots are a couple of maybe sneaky starts for their respective teams. Yeah, uh, Berrios uh, for the Jets, he's, you know, with Jameson Crowder has been – like doubtful for the last couple of weeks. Uh, it looks like he's not going to play and uh, Barrios, whenever Crowder is out tends to see pretty good usage last week. Uh, he did see quite a few targets, didn't do much with them, but he did have a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, I think, or maybe it was a punt return for a touchdown, but uh, he ended up with a pretty good day for in leagues where that counted for him. And most leagues do count that for him. Uh, Elijah Moore might be back this week though. They, uh, they were saying he's 50-50 to, to play. He's I think he's still on the COVID list, but uh, he's working through his injury, and that's the other issue there. Um, but I think Berrios is a pretty good play, especially in PPR formats. He played 82% of the snaps. He had 10 targets back in week 14. He had six targets last week, so he's a big part of the offense when Crowder is out. And then for, for Bourne, he's more of a dart throw because he just doesn't see a whole lot of targets um, but he does play well at home specifically. He's been more productive at home. Uh, he's averaging 3.5 uh, catches for 63 yards, 0.63 touchdowns on 4.5 targets in eight home games this season. Uh, he was limited in his snaps last week coming off the reserve COVID list, uh, but should be back to his normal starting type role, big snap role. And then it's a good matchup against the Jaguars. So you're not counting on a high, high volume for Bourne, but he has a tendency to score touchdowns at home couple of tight ends before we get to the breakout receiver model, which is which is done very well. Mo Alley-Cox and Josiah De- – this is another one. You were reading DeGuara. 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 Thank you. Josiah yeah, DeGuara. That's it. He, he's a Packer, so I know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, Mo Alley-Cox, he, he ran 28 routes last week. Uh, Jack Doyle left early, didn't play much. He's got a couple of injuries. He's not practicing, so it looks like Alley-Cox might start this week. And – uh, the, and Vegas is 25th adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end, so that's a good matchup for him. I would have him as a, a good streaming option in, in the realm of like a Foster Moreau uh, or a Cole Clement. Like he's in that same range. Uh, Ali Cox has been pretty productive when he's gotten big, big run. And then Deguara benefiting, I think, from uh, Mercedes Lewis. He's on the reserve COVID list. Um, Lewis is, so he's unlikely to play. Deguara might see a big role uh, against the Vikings. I'm, I'm not like super bullish on this being a high-scoring game, especially with the uh, injury, not injury, the uh, status of uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Vikings may have a tough time keeping it close, uh, scoring points without their quarterback. Um, so I don't know how much the Packers are going to have to throw, uh, but uh, Deguara should see a lot of playing time and could sneak in for a touchdown. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves to throw touchdowns in the red zone, so um, that may be the case this week. All right, let's get to some breakout 
receivers from your model, and this is the, I mean, not that not that every single one hits, John, but uh, there. I feel like this this model's had a lot of success over the past month plus now. Who's popping in this week's breakout receiver model? Yeah, we definitely don't hit everyone. Uh, it's usually a you know one out of three type situation, or maybe a two out of five type situation, uh, maybe a half and half uh, hit on a really really good week, but. Um, you know, last week, uh, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Evan Ingram, uh, Devonta Smith, Marvin Jones were all in the model, and they, they all scored well at their, relative to their positions. And then this week, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, speak it into existence because both Tyler Lockett and DJ Moore are popping in the model, and they are both Boston Barflies. So let's hope that they, I think we're going to probably start them both. Let's hope they both uh, can score. I'm a little bit worried about the weather in Seattle. It looks like there's some, you know, that rain. Uh, and then DJ Moore... Uh, the Panthers' uh, passing attack has been pretty suspect. I don't know. Like, I feel like he's one that just may not score a touchdown, but he's he's definitely due given all the usage he's gotten. And he's been really consistent in his targets. It's been like 10-plus targets, I think, four straight games. Um, so, you know, against the Saints, it's a little bit – if he gets Marshawn Lattimore, it might be a tough matchup for him, but he's still good. And he's not on the uh, injury report this week, so I think that hamstring is better. So – uh, lock it more. Let's speak it into existence. There's some other, you know, guys that might be interesting for uh, DFS purposes, but Christian Kirk and uh, you know maybe Rob Gronkowski with uh, all the uh, receiver injuries that they have there. Um, so I mean, you know, DK Metcalf has been on the list quite a bit because he's been underperforming as well. So um, maybe some of these guys are due for for a big game this week. All right, good stuff. Uh, this is our last podcast of the of the season. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll certainly be back in 2022 to make sure that you're prepared for your upcoming fantasy uh, leagues. And John, it's always a pleasure to do this podcast with you. The information is always so good, and I know you help a lot of people. Uh, you know, <laughs> you also do with a lot of crap on Twitter, which I understand. Too, but you know hey that just comes with the territory but i certainly appreciate you and i, I always enjoy doing this podcast with you well uh thank you and you know you've been my podcast partner for a number of years now and it was a big year for four for four getting acquired by uh, betsperts uh, group and i uh, appreciate all your help uh building up the the audience here on this podcast and you do a great job you're you're a consummate pro I appreciate that, John. Thank you very much. And Happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners as well. Uh, you know, be safe out there, certainly not only from a New Year's Eve standpoint, but certainly with, uh, you know, the, the virus news continuing. So just stay safe, stay healthy, and here's to uh, what, what it hopefully is a great 2022. We'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast.